Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, August 15th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, we actually have a couple of big stories, so let's get it rolling. Starting with baseball, Rays right-handed pitcher Drew Rasmussen was two-thirds of an inning away from a perfect game before the Orioles shortstop Jorge Mateo got the first hit. He also was the scoring run. Rasmussen struck out seven hitters and threw 62 out of 87 strikes. The Rays won the game on Sunday 4-1, to and Mateo went four, five for five in Friday's game, but the Rays are still up on the Baltimore team for the American League wildcard spot by one and a half games. Everything pretty much from now on is going to be judged by playoff contention, so that's what that means is the Rays are 1.5 games ahead of the Orioles for that wild card spot. The Padres all-star shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. has tested positive for a performance-enhancing anabolic steroid called Clostebol, and he will now serve an 80-game ban. The Dodgers right-handed pitcher Walker Buehler requires surgery on his elbow, which shot the hopes of all of the L.A. fans that thought he would return this season. The team currently has the best winning average and the lowest ERA, of which Bueller was an integral part. The preliminary postseason calendar was released earlier this week, and baseball could go to the latest date ever. If the World Series goes to Game 7, that would put Game 7 on November 5th. Before this season, November 4th was the latest baseball game that had ever been played. Not super surprising since this is the first season that we're actually doing a 12-team playoff, but it is what it is. There's a little bit of basketball news. Just an update from a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was two weeks ago on August 1. The entire NBA will retire number six to honor Bill Russell. This is the, enti- this is the first time the entire league will retire a player's number. So if you remember two weeks ago, Bill Russell passed away and he was 11-time NBA champion, Hall of Famer, and a social activist. Just to reiterate, he spent 13 years with the Celtics and went to the championship final 12 times, winning 11 times. The last two titles, he served as player and coach, which made him the first black coach in the NBA. Basically, before Michael Jordan, Bill Russell was considered the best NBA player of all time, and he is tied for the most titles of all time across all sports. So that's why all of the NBA is retiring his number six. Moving along to football. For college football, the preseason AP poll is out, and we are getting so close to season, people. Number one is Alabama. This is the fifth time in the college football playoff era. Each of the other four times they have made the college football playoff final. Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and Notre Dame round out the top five. Then proceeding to number six, Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Those are your top ten. LSU is not in the preseason top 25 for the first time since two. 
thousand. This is the this was the third longest active streak in the FBS, but it is broken. The ACC has five teams ranked, which is a conference record, but the SEC leads with the most at six teams. So realistically, do the preseason polls matter? Eh. I mean, last year, 46 different teams broke into the top 25 for the AP poll at some point during the season, and only 11 teams that started the preseason ranked ended the season in the top 25. Michigan at number three was at the end of the year number three and wasn't even ranked in the preseason. So I say all of that to arm you with the don't get to your panties too much in a wad if your team is not ranked preseason. But also it is a, a starting point and a point of honor to have, like, say for Oklahoma, obviously that's my team, so it's a little bit easier for me to talk about. But new coach, new players, I mean, half the team left and we're still ranked number nine. We do tend to be overrated a little bit, so hopefully that won't be the case, but it could be, and I think that's going to show. In the NFL, remember last week when I said the NFL was being was instructed to be more strict on illegal contact penalties? Well, the refs took it seriously. After 36 penalties in all last season, they have already given 15 in just week one of the NFL preseason. Also, it was quite a stir as the Bears hosted their only preseason game on Soldier Field this past week, and it was in terrible condition. Apparently, what ended up happening was Elton John had a concert there, and they, the grounds crew, frankly, just didn't get the field back up to snuff. They left patches of grass missing, noticeable divots, and even the Chicago Fire, which also play at the field, that's their soccer team, had pushed their game that's actually on the 21st due to field conditions, but the NFL did not. So quite a stir. The Big Ten is close to closing a new media deal with CBS and NBC. This would leave out ESPN, which was their longstanding relationship. Looks like Fox will still be their main media partner, but the other games will be split between NBC and CBS. Moving along to golf, Will Zalatoris finally won a PGA Tour title, and this time it super pays off. It is in the first FedEx Cup playoff event that he ever played in because last year he didn't get to, and he won the FedEx St. Jude Championship, which this year is the first FedEx Cup playoff event. Sepp Straka did keep him honest the entire way, though. They actually went into three playoff holes, and it was a wild ride. <laughs> so the first playoff hole, pretty normal. And then the second playoff hole, their tee shots both went awry, and it was pretty crazy. And then both men almost hit into the water on the third playoff hole. Sepp actually did hit it into the water and then into the bunker, which was enough for Will Zalatoris to close out the win. Even though it does feel like finally this is Will Zalatoris's second year on the PGA Tour only, he just has had so many close calls. So you're, you're, that's why we all feel like, oh my God, finally. And some of those were his big time claim to fame that everybody kind of recognized his name was getting second at the 2021 Masters. That was his Masters debut, by the way. He also lost in a playoff at this year's PGA Championship, and he got second at the 2022 U.S. Open. All of those are majors. <laughs> so completely putting aside regular PGA Tour events, 
Those are his runner-up finishes in majors over the last two-ish year and a half. So 70 players will be in the next FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup playoff event, which will be the BMW Championship. That will be contested this weekend. Thanks to his playoff win, Willie Z overtook Scotty Scheffler as number one in the FedEx Cup standings. The live golfers were not at the FedEx St. Jude Championship as they were not allowed to compete in the playoffs. This was due to they did appeal and try to get a judge to let them in, but the judge said they did not show irreparable hurt by the PGA Tour. So that was the verdict there. This weekend was also the final event of the regular season for the Corn Ferry Tour, which if you don't know golf very well, it is basically like the minor leagues for the PGA Tour. That means that the top 25 from the season have earned their PGA Tour card, which means they get to compete on the PGA Tour next year. So congrats to the lucky 25. I will not name them all. There is a link on the blog if you're interested in who those 25 are. We now enter the Corn Ferry finals stages. The top 25 after finals will also get their cards. So let's go ahead and drop a hashtag girlfriend hint here. How the Corn Ferry Finals work is the number 26 through 75 on the Corn Ferry Tour, along with the PGA Tour players who are in 125 through 200 in the FedEx Cup standings, earn their spot to compete in the Corn Ferry Finals. There are three tournaments in the Corn Ferry Finals, and the top 25 after those three events get their PGA Tour card. So it is a forget everything that happened over the season. This is strictly how you do on these three events. It also should be noted that if you are rated 126th to 150 in the FedEx Cup standings, which means you were on the PGA Tour this year, you do get conditional PGA Tour status, but that translates to not getting the best pick of tournaments and not qualifying for all of them. So a lot of those players do end up competing in the Corn Ferry Finals. Moving on to Olympic sports, Serena Williams is set to retire after the U.S. Open, which begins next week. She made the announcement in the September issue of Vogue, and she said she just doesn't want it to end, but something has to give. It is obviously a huge story. I will go into it later once we get around the U.S. Open slash when she gets out of the U.S. Open. I will also go over it. Moving on to swimming, David Popovich has broken the 100-meter freestyle world record. He is the youngest person to break that world record ever, and the original mark was 46.91, set by Brazilian Cesar Cirillo in 2009 at the World Championships. This was the final event where rubberized suits were allowed. The 13 years that Cielo's record stood was the longest stint in the event ever since 1905. Popovich's time was 46.86. This leaves only eight men's long course records left that were set when the now outlawed suits were being used, five of which were set at the 2009 Worlds, which is just kind of seen as the like fastest worlds ever because world records broke all over the place. And the fact that someone took this down without wearing one of those suits that's now outlawed is huge. The USOPC or the Olympic Committee has moved to decertify USA skateboarding. 
after eight non-compliance violations. An audit was initiated back in July, and the national governing body was found to be deficient on 28 standards, kind of like background checks on all their staff and all of that kind of jazz. This is not the first time that the USOPC has moved to decertify an NGB. This also happened to USA Gymnastics and USA Badminton, but both are still in existence today after the decertification bid was dropped by the Olympic Committee. Thanks and shout out to Noel Gorham for showing me this story. Moving along to what to watch this upcoming week. So in the world of baseball, Monday night, Astros at the White Sox at 7:10 on Fox Sports 1. Tuesday, you can catch the Rays at the Yankees at 6.05 on TBS. This is important because the Rays currently sit in a nice position for that wildcard game, and the Yankees could strip away a couple of wins. Wednesday, you can catch the Dodgers at the Brewers at 7.10 on Fox Sports 1. Saturday, the Brewers at the Cubs at 1.20 on Fox Sports 1. Depending on your geographical location, it's one of three options at 6.15 on Fox. Either the Astros at the Braves, the Mets at the Phillies, and the Mariners at the A's. On Sunday, the White Sox will play the Guardians at 11.05 on Peacock. And the Red Sox will play the Orioles at 6 p.m. on ESPN. We continue with NFL preseason. Again, I reiterate, this is like scrimmages. (laughs) So they don't use the normal quarterbacks. So don't start your lineups compared to who's starting on these games. Thursday, the Bears at the Seahawks, but we do have it on regular TV. So those begin Thursday at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Friday games on NFL Network are the Panthers at the Patriots at 6 p.m. on NFL. Baker Mayfield is the new quarterback potential for the Panthers. And then you have the Texans at the Rams without Deshaun Watson at 9 p.m. on NFL as well. Saturday on NFL Network, all of these. The Broncos at the Bills at noon. The Commanders, remember that's Washington now, at the Chiefs at 3. The Buccaneers at the Titans. You will not see Brady play most likely at 6 p.m. And the Cowboys at the Chargers at 9. On Sunday, the Eagles at the Browns at noon on NFL. The Bengals will play at the Giants at 6 on the NFL Network. And the Ravens at the Cardinals at 7 p.m. on Fox. Also for Monday Night Football, just because this is how it usually works for when we actually get to NFL season, so I will cover Monday night. The Falcons at the Jets at 7 p.m. on ESPN. We move to the second FedEx Cup playoff event in the PGA Tour. On Thursday, the BMW Championship first round will be on TV at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel. Second round on Friday, same time. Saturday, you can catch round three at 11 a.m. on Golf Channel, and then it moves over to NBC at two. And then on Sunday for the final round, 11 a.m. on Golf Channel and 1 p.m. on NBC. This will only have 70 golfers, the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings. Again, you can catch that on the blog. I have a link to those 70 players, and the next round will be cut to 30. The only Olympic sport going on this week is on Sunday. You can catch gymnastics USA's at 11.30 a.m. on NBC. And then it comes back on NBC at 6 p.m. We do have a couple of soccer games, mostly women. There's the FIFA Under-20 Worlds Women Cup, starting with Brazil and Costa Rica on Tuesday at 8.50 on Fox Sports 1. We also have the Women's International Champions Cup that will be played on Wednesday. The United States actually play U-20 World Cup versus Japan at 11 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. That will be Wednesday night. 
Then we have a couple of ML- MLS games later in the week on Friday, LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders at 9 on ESPN. And Sunday, the Columbus Crew versus Atlanta. That will be at 4.30 on Fox Sports 1, followed immediately by Sporting Kansas City versus Portland Timbers at 6.30 on Fox Sports 1. That wraps it up for me this week. We are coming into the final countdown for college football season and excitement on the PGA Tour with the FedEx Cup playoffs. I want to thank y'all for this is the third consecutive week, over 100 listeners per episode. So thanks to y'all. If you want any more details, go check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, and I'll catch y'all next week.